When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Drop, drop, drop a beat. Rogers, he's not there anymore. The Packers will miss him significantly. What do you say to that, Aaron Jones? Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. People are sleeping on us, not giving us a chance. And kind of like being in that place, you know, where nobody gives you a chance. You just go out there and fight, and you'll shock a lot of people. Today's guests. NFL Network Insider, Tom Pelissero, Vikings wide receiver, Justin Jefferson. Chargers defensive lineman, CJ Okoye. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Ah, yes, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Live from Los Angeles, California, we have got a great show in store for you. Justin Jefferson is on this program. One of the best in the National Football League from the Minnesota Vikings, the number two player on the NFL Top 100 list of players as voted on by the peers. He will be right in the middle of this show, a top-notch centerpiece to say the least, and certainly, maybe first and foremost in your fantasy draft, Justin Jefferson, on this program also on this show cj okoye uh we told you his story uh yesterday uh a young man from nigeria who had never ever played football when he started trying out playing football uh, three years ago made his way through the nfl international program got into a preseason game for the chargers a couple of nights ago and came up with a sack of stetson bennett and it was Shockingly, the first organized football game of his life. And an incredible <laughs> football story. And the man at the center of it will be joining us in the middle of uh, our number three. And joining us in about 18 minutes time is my buddy and colleague from the NFL Media Group, none other than Tom Pelissero, who's breaking a ton Tommy of news P. yesterday. Chris Brockman, Mike Del Tufo, good hey, to see you, gents, over there. Morning, also, TJ Jefferson, good to see you over where you are, yeah, sir. Rich, you know, in my very first Little League at bat I, or game, I hit three triples, but I mean, I don't think <laughs> oh, that well. can compete. Hold on a minute. We need to put a pin in that story. Oh, oh my three gosh. Yeah. Uh, th- three triples is normally a top story on the Rich Eisen yeah, show. Not, I mean, okay, he, very good. You know. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> put a pin in that. I can't wait to have that conversation later on. So, uh, I'm not breaking any news here when I say that the rivalry between the New York Jets and the New England Patriots is uh, storied. Is there a rivalry? Red hot. Is it storied? Red hot. It's not a rivalry if one team always wins. Red hot. It's not storied if nobody cares. (laughs) Red hot. (laughs) From both of you guys. But it is a rivalry. A one-sided. It is right. Well, look, Mister One-Sided, <laughs> over there, that it's so one-sided that the head coach of one of the teams circles the game figuratively to the point where he wants to keep it as one-sided as it possibly can be, lopsided. He wants to take the other team apart and leave them in a pile of embers. 
which Bill Belichick did to the New York Jets last year by taking Zach Wilson in year number two and dismantling him piece by piece and placing him like a Mr. Potato Head has been dis- <laughs> totally taken apart by a four-year-old hopped up on a, a bag of Pop Rocks. That's funny. Pieces everywhere. And Zach Wilson, after his last start against the Patriots, as you may recall, uh, did not even comport himself very well on the podium by having a responsibility problem. Mm-hmm. And that was when Zach Wilson was deemed to be no longer operative as a starting quarterback of the New York Jets and even got to the point where the Jets reluctantly played him one more time because they had to. And then went into the offseason and completely changed their plan. Now, Zach Wilson's struggle was an equal, equal opportunity struggling quarterback. It's not just against the Patriots, but the Patriots were definitely the ones. When it all came down to it, to show the world that Zach Wilson was not ready for primetime yet. And then, of course, Belichick is the guy who resigned as the HC of the NYJ back in the day when Parcells handed the reins over to Belichick and he didn't like the current owner of the Jets and he wanted the hell out of there. And Robert Kraft came in and said, we'll take him. Curtis Martin, as you know, once famously changed teams. Curtis Martin. I mean, it goes way back. Terrell Rivas went into the Hall of Fame as a Patriot. He went into the Hall of Fame last week in Canton, Ohio, where you don't go in as anything. I thought he had a Patriot hat on. You don't go in oh, wearing a hat. Confused. As a matter that. of fact, weird. your bust rests on a piece of, I would say, plastic, and oh. on it is etched. The teams that you played for. You don't go in as anything. Oh, man. Okay, he so was, he was convinced. As a matter of fact. I get that confused. He <laughs> talked quite a bit, Darrell Rivas, about the Jets in Canton. And I would know because I was there oh. talking to him. So as much as you'd like to throw me off my game, Chris. <laughs> I'm not throwing you This off. is all one big wind up for the pitch that came on Monday. The first shot came from New England, which is interesting because I guess they saw the whites of the Jets' eyes. Are they the Lexington or the Concord? I don't know. But all I know is they fired the first shot with their muskets <laughs> and signed Ezekiel Elliott. That's my dog. Zeke is a patriot. And That's let me dog. tell you let's about eat, this. Let's eat, let's eat, let's eat, let's eat. Let me tell you about this. He is, without a doubt, a perfect New England Patriot. Oh, it's who it's who he is without question a guy who will do his job. What is his job? His job is Get what the end zone. Well, that's not just that, pal. Because <laughs> anybody who's a cowboy fan like you, TJ, and any Ohio State bucket partner, the Ohio State Buckeye fan will tell you. This guy plays all three downs. Yes, he does. Because he pass protects Box. as well as he does yep. everything else. Mm-hmm. Tremendous. And he is going to be a guy in there on third down, making sure that Mac Jones' quick game doesn't suck. 
Yep. Or and Bailey he's going to be out there running a football when Ramondre Stevenson isn't. And I just have no idea how the Patriots will employ him because you never know how the Patriots are going to employ a running back. You just don't. Jonas Gray will go to the Hall of Fame one mm-hmm. week and then the next week not play. Yep. Ramondre Stevenson might still be the guy who's going to get all these carries. They might also think that he needs pushing and who's going to be the one to do it? Zeke. Zeke is going to be great for the Patriots. Because he's also ever, folks, because he's been around for so long because he's been on the national scene for so long that you think he's 32, right? 33? Nah, he is a young football player at the running back position. 27, if I'm not mistaken, turning 28. Ezekiel Elliott for the New England Patriots. He's 28. And he is going to be terrific. And the Patriots, one of those sneaky teams you don't know. Just don't know. So. As Jets fans were chewing on that for about an hour, then came the news the Jets were firing right back towards New England. Bam. Dalvin Cook is a New York Jet. Oh, boy. Just in time for hard knocks tonight. Dalvin Cook is going to be a New York Jet. And the money that Rodgers coughed back up, the Jets are using and putting every egg in the 2023 basket. Eight million and change. And Zeke's making six million when it's all in. I mean, that is some serious cheddar for running backs in this day and age. Sitting at ATC, learning the offense on the fly, getting ready to play each other. And Dalvin's first game as a Jet is going to be against James Cook and the Bills, just adding another piece of filet mignon to that huge Monday night week one finisher. And the Jets have absolutely gone all the way in. Every chip to the center of the table. And that's it. And they have done the right thing. I do not know how they're going to employ Dalvin either because guess who came off the pup list today? Brees Hall. Blew out his knee in October, ready to be physically able to perform. He's going from pup to pap. (laughs) Physically able to perform. And that guy was a difference maker. And if he's showing up like he showed up out of college last year. And Dalvin is showing up like he's proved out the last four years. And Aaron Rodgers is showing up like his MVP form of recent days. And Garrett Wilson is showing up like the offensive rookie of the year. And Elijah Vera Tucker is showing up to anchor an offensive line that needs anchoring like he did Last year. And if the rest of the offense, like Alan Lazard, is showing up in his 
days as a Green Bay Packer. And Corey Davis is showing up. And Nicole Hardman is showing up. And the defense is showing up. I'll say it. (laughs) New York Jets are a Super Bowl contender in 2023. And whether they do actually do it is one of the most intriguing NFL stories I have been around in the 20 years I've been with NFL Network. And this has zero to do with who I root for and grew up rooting for. You're a professional, Rich. I love this move by the Jets. I love the move by the Patriots. Game on. Game on. And the first order of business is the New York Jets hosting the Buffalo Bills, and then they face the Dallas Cowboys, who may wind up lamenting not coughing up the $6 million for Ezekiel Elliott. And sure enough, after that, there's Zeke and the Patriots visiting the Jets before the Chiefs, and then we know about Denver and Philadelphia. What a setup. And then New England. Let's take a look at their schedule. New England's first game is against the Philadelphia freaking Eagles. Not easy. And unwrap Zeke, who knows exactly what it's like to take on the Philadelphia Eagles. And then, you know, because these are the Patriots, they get to start their schedule uh, with two home games. Uh, they host <laughs> the Dolphins on Sunday night football. In a big one before visiting the Jets. And look where Zeke goes on the 1st of October. Bet your life savings Zeke scores a touchdown in that game. At Dallas. <laughs> At Dallas. And what will <sighs> be so hurt that what will Bill Belichick be doing? TJ, let's go to that one. All Ooh. week long. Getting that guy ready. What a first month of the season. Let's go. We have got set up for all of us in just this corner of the market. The Jets and the Patriots on August 14th, 2023, signed the two best running backs, ATC, at the crib, and let's go. And the number of times that Christopher Brockman crossed the way there, no doubt, (laughs) watched Dallas Cowboys games, and saw Zeke do the feed me, eat spoon thing and was rolling his eyes at home. Oh, yeah. Now he's just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Buy the food. And, Let's go. And I don't know who it's going to be, Black, my head but you could just know right now, whoever serves up Chowda locally oh, is going to sign him up for Le- whatever legal deal. seafood. <laughs> you know, there Let's he go. is eating chowda. Oh, <laughs> Even though oh. Bill Burr came on the show and said nobody in New England eats clam chowda. <laughs> I had some the other day. Oh, did you? <laughs> so good. Okay. But at any rate, so good. Good. here comes Zeke's going to get on. his local deal. Yeah. Eat, eat, you know, eating chowda. Feed him. There you go. Let's get Zeke. Next to the Red Auerbach statue. Oh, God. Uh, right oh, in the common God. there. He hasn't Get even showed up. He hasn't even, I think go. he's signing this morning. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Uh, we're, marathon, we're marathoning. <laughs> we're not sprinting. 
But that was an easy way to open today's program. Can't wait, <laughs> easy can't way. wait to teach Cage the, the eat. Oh, it'd be rah, 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 great. It'd be great. I'll text you all my eat gifts that uh, I've had saved on my phone. Of him with him doing that? <laughs> By the way, just somebody, you know, is there a chiropractor in El Segundo to help Mike, uh, my buddy Brockman over there? Okay. Uh, the man who broke these stories along with Ian Rappaport on the NFL Media Group, my buddy Tom Pellicero, our buddy Tom Pellicero. Tommy P. Let's get him on the horn because there's lots going on. Shane Steichen. Head coach of the Indianapolis Colts not only named Anthony Richardson the starting quarterback, shocker, no, no but said he's committed to him for the full season. Oh, why would you do that? <laughs> because it's ride or die, man. This is it. Get out of here. Why else are you drafting him? Just to what? He's not ready. Let's pull him in week seven, week eight. Let's go. It is what it is. There's a deep, there's a pool, there's a deep end, and Anthony Richardson's been thrown into it. We could all die tomorrow. The season goes that's on. Right. By the way, that's <laughs> right. If it doesn't right. work out, the NFL will keep yeah, going on. Keep going yeah. on. Please. So Anthony's in the pool, not the pond? That's what we're saying? Well, what he is, no, he's in the ocean because that's where the whale that okay. Jim Ursay saved oh, is. Oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> Orca. <laughs> Justin Jefferson on this show as well, My and cousin. one of the best stories in the NFL from this past weekend and, and, and in recent memory, C.J. Okoye of the Los Angeles Chargers is on this program. You at 844-204-RICH. I do have that top five list of the players with the largest chips on their shoulder chips. entering okay. week number uh, week one uh, of the 2023 season. Hey. Uh, as promised, I will deliver. That's hey. next. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Rewatching The Sopranos, almost oh, done yeah. with it. Almost. Three episodes to go in the oh, final season. Man. You know how it ends, Rich. <laughs> I do. You know, uh, you know who just made a cameo? You know who just made a cameo in the episode where um, Tony... 
and Polly Walnuts go down to South Florida. Mm-hmm. They go down to Miami. Yeah. And that one's where, where Polly Walnuts is afraid he's about to get off on C Vu Play. The boat. S E A Vu P L A Y. But they they show up yeah, like at that. a uh, you know, on the drive down from Jersey and Virginia to hotel that they used to stay in that's not as nice anymore. Lin Manuel Miranda. Lin Manuel Miranda yeah. was the 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 bellhop yep. that pulls up outside and they both ask him a question. Yep. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Lin Manuel Miranda. Yeah. That's some good ones. I didn't know that was well known or you're just so I just knew that because Damn. on a rewatch. I would not I, I, I would not have Dude, I saw that. I'm like, wow. Oh, okay. Like he was uh yeah. he, he played a bellhop on uh on on uh, the Sopranos before, you know, becoming one of the world's greatest uh, uh, Will Arnett musicians did a couple and playwrights. As an and FBI agent. Huh? Will Arnett was an FBI agent. That's true. In the middle well, of the he season, was, he was the husband of the FBI agent who went yes. undercover to get uh, Adriana on yeah, the right, hook. Right. So he had a couple episodes there. Right. Uh, let's see. There were a few of those. Uh, Robert Patrick played the guy on the Sporting Goods well, store. Yeah. Well, he had a, quite an ep- he had an episode. Big time gambler. Right. Yeah. There was, there was some good ones back then. Early 2000s. Sopranos is so good. So good. It's so good. So I'm almost done with it. I don't know what I'm going to rewatch next. Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. I, I might go watch. down that again. I want to do it. That's so heavy. I want to do it. it I want to do it. Well, it's not like the Sopranos are light viewing either. Yeah, but Breaking Bad. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Sopranos I mean, they're is funny. Really it had a... So is Breaking Bad. Yeah. It can be. Yeah. And Saul Goodman, right? I mean, that's back true. here on the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network, I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Busy day for this guy yesterday. It's a busy day every day. Who am I kidding? From the NFL Media Group, my buddy Tom Pelissera back on the program. How are you, Tom? Doing well, Rich. Uh, first up, always got to say hi to my boys in the studio. Hey, hey Tommy, Tommy, Tommy P. Oh, my God. And secondly, Such a crowd uh, on behalf of all of us, Rich, I just want to congratulate you on winning the preseason. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Fantastic, Tom. Where do I raise the banner for that? Where do I, where do I raise the banner? Uh, right next to the off-season one. Okay. At, okay. at Rex Ryan, huh? Does that mean, do, do I need to go get a snack now? Is that what you're saying? Got to get a snack? Well done, Tom. Well done, Tom. Well, what an entry. What an entrance yeah. from Tom Pelissero. Coming off the top rope. All right, so what? What? Uh, walk me through the Dalvin Cook timeline that uh, finally popped for him and the Jets. What do you got for me on that? Well, this is really interesting, Rich, because I think that everybody initially was connecting Dalvin Cook to the Miami Dolphins, and the Dolphins were certainly involved throughout the process. They would have gladly added uh, Dalvin Cook to their team. But going back even a month or so before Dalvin Cook was released, I had heard that Dalvin's priority, because at that point he knew he was not going to be a Viking, was to land in New York and team up with Aaron Rodgers, his old NFC North rival, to try to win the Super Bowl. Nothing ended up progressing in the spring in terms of a trade, so Dalvin ends up getting released. The Broncos were involved. The Patriots made a run at Dalvin Cook. And again, the Dolphins were involved throughout the process. But what Dalvin wanted was that opportunity to team up with Rodgers. The Jets stepped up. You know, you can go back to uh, what I filled in hosting for you a couple months back, and everybody was speculating, is is Dalvin Cook going to get any money? I said, this is going to be a significant deal. Now, 
It's still the running back market. It's challenging out there, but he gets a one-year deal worth up to $8.65 million, and the base of that is $7 million, mm. which makes him, on an APY basis, the highest-paid free agent running back to sign in 2023, beating out the contract that Miles Sanders got with the Panthers. So for Cook, he just turned 28 a couple of days ago. He now has one year where, granted, we'll see how they decide to divide the carries in the backfield with Brees Hall. Brees coming off a significant injury. I would expect it's a lot of Dalvin in the early going, uh, starting on September 11th in that Monday night football game against the Bills. Mm. But he's got the opportunity here to go out there, not put 400 carries on his body, but maybe, you know, 250 to 300, get back out to the market in March, show that his circularly repaired shoulder uh, is 100% and that that makes him that much more difficult because he doesn't have to shy away from contact. He doesn't have to fall a certain way anymore. He's got the opportunity in what you would certainly hope if you're a running back is a better market come March to get one more big bite at the apple. So there's a lot out there in front of Delvin Cook. And then walk me through the Zeke and uh, Patriots timeline here. So Ezekiel Elliott came in for a visit. I want to say it was within a week or two after the Patriots uh, had made an offer to Dalvin. And it was Zeke. What I was told was he had the initial meeting. He had the visit. Everything went well. But at that point, the Patriots weren't in the money ballpark that he wanted to be in. Well, things ramped up yesterday, and they end up giving him a one-year deal up to $6 million. The base on that is $4 million, which was more than the Cowboys were going to do to bring him back to Dallas. And as one uh, high-ranking Cowboys official texted me last night, uh, Zeke fits the Patriots' play style because it's all about being physical. It's downhill. You know, you look at Ramondre Stevenson, who is still, let's be clear, he's the number one back in New England, but hasn't always been the greatest in short yardage and goal line. That's kind of what Zeke does best. Zeke's also a really good pass protector, so you can play him across all downs. Um, Zeke didn't have... A ton of other you know, offers, certainly not in this money ballpark. You know, anybody would have signed him at a certain level, but he sat out there. And let's be honest, Rich, you get to August. There's not a lot of money in the marketplace, generally speaking. So at least Zeke gets some upside here. Uh, his base is higher than I think a lot of people thought it was going to be. And just like Dalvin, um, you know, again, in a really, really tough market, you have to say that Zeke made out okay here. Why did yesterday, what happened yesterday, um, and I understand we also view things in terms of when we find out about it. I'm, I'm sure these tracks were running at the same time for a long time. But why did these two major signings pop between two rivals on the same day like that, Tom? It really wasn't related, Rich, even though it, it kind of looks like it was. Mm-hmm. With Zeke, again, it was all about just them getting to a certain level with the money. With veteran backs especially, veteran players in general, once you get past that first preseason game, a lot of times is when things get moving. With Dalvin, I quite honestly was on high alert since a week ago Monday because you know they were close. They weren't far off. They were working through, through some things in terms of the base and the incentives. And then things kind of went quiet because remember the Jets went down to um, Carolina for a few days because they had a couple of joint or they had one joint practice and then they also had their preseason game. So once they got back in the building, they reconnected on Monday. Everything ramped up really quickly uh, and they were able to get to a good place. But it wasn't as if they did a ton of work yesterday. They were they were really close. There were a couple of things that they were still um, haggling over down the stretch. Those things got, you know, they came to an agreement on it, and Dalvin got what he wanted, which is he's now a member of the Jets. And so which are the teams that lost out? 
that were in on both of these guys that learned yesterday they were not getting them. Give me, give me that if you don't mind. Well, the Broncos, the Broncos certainly were continuing to poke around. I wouldn't be surprised if they had it back at some point. With Miami, I know that they like uh, you know their draft pick and they like some of the guys they got on the team, but they don't have a Delvin Cook style home run hitter. So now the question becomes. You know, there's not really another guy out there in that category. We can talk about some of the other backs who have unresolved situations at this point. Josh Jacobs has not signed his franchise tender with the Raiders. Um, I know there's been communication, but nothing's close to happening on that front. I don't, at this moment, anticipate the Raiders rescinding the tender. I don't anticipate the Raiders trading Josh Jacobs. And so now the question becomes, as we kind of count down the few weeks here, we got left till week one, at what point and under what circumstances can they try to find a middle ground and get Jacobs back in the building? Jonathan Taylor, uh, he's back in the building in Indy, but nothing imminent in terms of activating him off pup. He went out of state to get some treatment on his ankle uh, for about five days there. He's still on the pup list, still not practicing, still wants to be traded or paid. Nothing's really rolling at this point on that front, certainly not on the trade front. And then J.K. Dobbins, who returned to practice a couple of days ago with the Ravens, he saw John Harbaugh hugging him, Lamar Jackson high-fiving him. He looked back at the numbers down the stretch last season. J.K. Dobbins was as effective as any back in the NFL mm-hmm. over the last five or six games. And he's due, you know, a minimum, not quite the minimum, but a lower number in 2023. I would think that at some point that's going to need to be addressed as well. All of which is to say, I don't know that there's really a back available to fill one of those slots. Obviously, Leonard Fournette is still on the market. Kareem Hunt is another one. He visited the Colts, the Saints, and the Vikings. I would think that whether it's one of those teams or somebody else, now that the market's kind of set with Zeke signing, Kareem can look for something in that general neighborhood in terms of the lower base and then some incentives to get him back to a, a decent number for him. That's That's really it. So, you know, we've still got... A couple of weeks here till the final preseason game. I talked with several GMs yesterday about the fact the whole cadence of uh, the transactional period in August is different this year. Because go back, you know, before COVID in 2020 when all the rules started changing, there was four preseason games. There were three cutdowns. There were no veterans on practice squads. There was a smaller practice squad. Now all that's different. We got one cutdown this year, and it is two weeks from today. So you're going to have, you know, in a probably 48-hour span or so, whatever 37 times 32 is, it's about Mm -hmm. 1,000 guys who end up out there. But that also changes the natural progression of a lot of times you'd see those trades get done before the second cutdown. Veterans would get released before the second cutdown. Now there's one. And so we don't entirely know exactly how this is going to shake out. The whole thing is going to be fascinating just because this is uncharted waters uh, for a lot of people, but in terms of you know some running backs shaking loose, you know, maybe there's a couple of depth charts you can look at and say they got an extra, but for those teams that missed out on these guys, I don't know that there's an obvious answer for any of them. Tom Pelissero, my colleague from NFL Network, NFL Media Group here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's linger on Jonathan Taylor a little bit. You just said moments ago that he left camp for five days to get work on his ankle, and I have one word for that, really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really? Uh, uh, wh- why does he have to leave camp for that? This just looks like there there's one large fig leaf in the shape of a horseshoe here. Um, and the question is, is what are what are we covering? What what is happening with this situation that doesn't appear to be 
um, um, resolving anytime soon, Tom? Here's what I would say. He has a legitimate ankle issue. Sure. It dates back to last season. He battled through it. He had off-season surgery. There are, and I will choose my words carefully here, certain types of treatments that you may have to go a certain place to get. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that's what Jonathan Taylor did, but that would be a logical explanation for being out of state and out of sight for five days and then coming back. Um, we don't, at this point, have any type of timetable on when he could be back to practice. You obviously have to view this through the lens of somebody who wants a top-of-market type of contract or else he wants to be traded to a team that will give him a top-of-market contract. But let me just jump in. Let me let me teams let me, out me. there right now that want to trade significant capital sure. and give a running back Fifteen million dollars a year. Well, let me just so, then let me just jump in here then. Really say, Tom, even if you weren't coming off of an ankle injury. Sure. Let me just jump in here and say, sure. so so if he's getting a procedure on his ankle in the middle of training camp before the beginning of a season, uh, that he's got to go somewhere that you can't get it in in Colts training camp. How does that help his case to want more money right now or trade to somebody else that's going to give capital and then the contract that he wants? You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't get it. Like either he's hurt, or or is this a way to show you can't, you can't non-football injury me, you can't put me on that list and not pay me. You know if that's what you're attempting to do, I'll show you what a football injury looks like, right? I mean, like none of this makes sense. Like why do you have to leave camp if you do? That means you're hurt, and if you're hurt, how are you asking for more money and to be traded? And if you're not hurt, clearly you want to be traded. Or you want more money, and then why won't the Colts accommodate him on the money? What's up with that? Why won't they do that, Tom? Well, I, I would be careful to say procedure because okay. that indicates surgery. Jonathan okay. Did not or treatment. Surgery, I'm sorry. Appreciate that treatment. Something done. Right. Right. So now he's back. Mm -hmm. Jonathan Taylor and the entire Colts team is coming off of a really disappointing season. Right. And one in which he was not 100%. He tried to gut it out. And listen, the Colts love Jonathan Taylor. Why I don't not? know, Rich, how much time you've got to spend around him, but he's a very smart guy. He thinks about things in a very intellectual way. Yeah. He was, and still can be, a central part of what the Colts do, just because he's one of those community pillar types of guys, which is why it's so surprising that things have kind of twisted in a certain direction here. But the running back market is what it is. Mm. There's not any running back out there. I mean, Delvin Cook, who granted is an older player, he's got you know more carries on his body, but Delvin Cook's been to four straight Pro Bowls and was healthy last year and has run for four, over 1,000 yards four consecutive seasons. He gets into the marketplace on the free agent market and gets, again, a strong deal for this market, but he gets $7 million with upside to 8.6. Any running back unless your name is Christian McCaffrey and you signed a deal a few years ago, is not going out there and getting $15 million a year. It's just not happening. And so, you know, the whole idea that, well, Jonathan Taylor is a really good player. He is. Everybody should be clamoring to trade for him. There's more layers to it than that. So, you know, the logical, and this is just me spitballing. I'm not saying this is what the Colts are doing. Yes. But if it's me and I'm sitting back and saying, how do you bridge this gap? One way you could do it is you say, okay, we want you back. You're our guy. We'll offer you a one-year, $12 million extension. In other words, he's due, I want to say Taylor's due like 3 or $4 million this year. 
So a one-year $12 million extension would basically be like, we are prepaying you the franchise tag. You'll get half of it this year and half of it next year. So you get your raise, you get back on the field, you show you're healthy, and then after the season, we'll talk about an extension. I don't know, again, whether the Colts have gone down that road. Obviously, when the owner gets involved and is throwing grenades on the Internet, it's probably not super productive uh, for the state of negotiations. Everything kind of went sideways uh, with that back and forth between Ursay and Jonathan Taylor's agent, Malky Kawa. And so at this point, at least when he went to get the treatment, everybody seemed like they're on the same page. Right now, it sounds like he's back in the building. He's got a smile on his face. Let's see. Let's see what takes place in the next few weeks here. But I would just put it to you this way, Rich, Mm. and I'm not a fortune teller on this stuff. I would just tell you don't hold your breath Mm. about Jonathan Taylor getting traded in the next few weeks. All right. Of course, that makes sense. He's he's invaluable on the field and everything that you just mentioned off it. So that makes sense. Tom Pelissero here on the Rich Eisen Show. Um, You know, I know you, you... facetiously started this comment saying that the Jets won the offseason and congratulated me on that. But I'm just wondering, so the Jets dominate on the defensive line and eviscerate Carolina and make Bryce Young's afternoon as a preseason quarterback very long. And then their week two opponent, Dallas, decides to cough up money for Zach Martin, right? So at least they they won Zach Martin eight million bucks, don't you think? Tom, what do you think? (laughs) Zach suddenly, the, Zach, the Zach, Zach suddenly gets the raise that Jerry says uh, this money belongs to essentially Micah Parsons, you know, and now all of a sudden his future Hall of Fame guard is in the fold happy, right? Tom? Uh, and Zach Martin had to rack up, you know, close to a million dollars in fines before right. that deal came together. But that was a, that was a common sense solution for everyone. Sure. I think that sometimes with like a Jonathan Taylor situation, it takes, in this case, everyone taking a step back and just trying to figure out, okay, what is, what is an actual logical way uh, that we can move forward here? I, and I will say this, not facetiously, Rich, mm. about the Jets. Yes, sir. They have moved boldly throughout this entire offseason. And you go back to last season, they still won games with the mishmash of Zach Wilson and Chris Streveler and <laughs> I think Joe Flacco was in there. Oh, yes. Don't forget Mike White. How dare you forget Mike White? Don't you dare forget Mike White. Mike White, now in Miami. I, 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 they were all somewhere in the back of my head. I mean, I covered him early it's in the clanking. season. When I think it was Flacco who led that uh, two-minute drill to beat the, uh, Browns. the Browns. On the Elf. Game up in, uh, oh, yeah. up in Cleveland. But you look what they did throughout the course of offseason. They really operated like, we think – we're not just a quarterback away. Yes, with Aaron Rodgers as quarterback, maybe they get in the playoffs. Maybe they make noise in the playoffs. But how also do we build this entire team mm-hmm. to take our shot and start taking it? This is not – I've seen people say it's all in for 2023. I would counter that in saying it's all in for however long Aaron Rodgers is there. Mm-hmm. And however 2023 goes, unless obviously it's a complete disaster and or Aaron Rodgers walks away after the season, which he's publicly said he's not going to do – they will take a similar type of a shot in 2024. Rodgers gives up $35 million over two years, in part because, you know, whatever it is, a wink nod that, hey, we're going to use that money to go and upgrade our team. They deploy some of it to go and get Dalvin Cook. So now you've got lightning and lightning in the backfield with Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall. Mm. Garrett Wilson, <laughs> I talked to coaches during my, uh, when I hit 14 teams in 14 days for inside training camp on NFL Network, and you talk to coaches, Garrett Wilson is already being talked about 
in that like elite top five receiver type of category. That's how good he can be. And now instead of, no offense to Chris Strebler, Mike White, Zach Wilson, you've got Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Don't forget Flacco. MVP Don't forget Flacco. Don't forget Flacco. How and Flacco. Yeah. And Flacco. By the Flacco way. Flacco won a Super Bowl. Flacco's made a lot of money. I know Good that. Good for Joe Flacco, who's <laughs> Tom. still, still Tom. sitting out there. And God forbid when there's five quarterback injuries, he'll be starting somewhere. Hopefully not uh, <laughs> for your sake for the Jets. But you bring in Al Mazar, who's just like, oh, yeah. he's a really good blocker, and he's also a receiving threat. And defensively, you know, they've really built through the draft. And I would fairly say, I don't think you're going to find a lot of disagreement on this, that if you look at their, like, six deep along the defensive line, it might be the best six deep group you've got in the entire NFL. I mean, it's bad dudes, and they can roll in waves all the way through their second and their third string. So, and you got, you know, superstars like Sauce Gardner, who's still a really young player. They've got so many dudes on this team. There's no reason that the expectations should not be Super Bowl for the Jets. And in that market, I think that that is substantial because there's a lot of people in the league who operate at times. I shouldn't say a lot of people, but there's some people in the league who operate at times with the idea that, hey, we always need to temper the expectations. And the Jets, certainly, over the past couple of years, it was fair for them to temper the expectations with a young quarterback and knowing that they didn't have the pieces. Right now, they saw the opportunity with Aaron Rodgers, and now let's build and build and build. And, Rich, I wouldn't be surprised if we're getting into September, October, and as trade stuff pops up, the Jets are involved in that, too. They're going to take their shot, man. They're going to make their run at it. It's been a long time since they've been to the playoffs, since they've won playoff games. They are going for it and will continue to go for it as long as Aaron Rodgers is there, which is going to be a hell of a lot of fun to watch and it'll all debut on national TV come September 11th. Tom Pelissero, uh, with that soliloquy on the Jets and how great they look, um, if I was a smoker, I'd light a cigarette after that. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you know? I mean, oh... Glad I could satisfy you, Rich. My <laughs> gosh. He had a look of joy on his face, Tom. That all right. Time. Uh, quick hitters before I let you go. Nick Bosa, what's the latest? What do you got for me? They've that. continued to talk. Mutual goal of getting this thing done before the start of the regular season. His fines are rescindable. Um, there's no reason that he shouldn't be a very, very rich man prior to the start of the season. The question is just, you know, how do they get the numbers potentially above Aaron Donald, which is where Bosa is going to want to be. Uh, it's $31 plus million per year. It's a huge chunk of change. Bosa is also a difference maker. A lot of reasons to believe they'll find a way to get things done. But, you know, his agent's tough, Brian Aroll. And, you know, we'll see exactly where those negotiations go. Chris Jones and the Chiefs, what do you got for me there? That's an interesting one. You know, it does not sound, I've talked about this on TV the other day, like there's a lot of movement right now, certainly not anything imminent. We get our periodic Chris Jones uh, cryptic social media posts. But other than that, what we do know is he's over a million dollars in fines now because he's chosen to hold out uh, rather than holding in. Again, you got this complication where Aaron Donald's making over $31 million per year. All these younger defensive tackles got 22, 23, 24 million dollars, including your guy Quinn and Williams, who I failed to mention in my Jeff soliloquy mm-hmm. uh, this offseason. If you're Chris Jones, you want a couple of Super Bowls. This is your one last, probably really big contract that you're coming up on here. You might want to be closer to Aaron Donald than those other guys. The Chiefs aren't there yet. Again, reasons to believe he'll be back before the start of the regular season, but right now, um, you know, nothing's at hand. Um, Joe Burrow, contract and calf. What do you have? Uh, same age agent as Nick Bosa, 
So Brian Arold, a very busy man. There. No doubt. Um, the Bengals and um, Arold have kept things really quiet on that front. Everything that I've heard about the cap is no reason to believe Joe Burrow is not going to be back um, prior to the regular season here. Again, he's going to be a very rich man. I would anticipate that this resets the quarterback market again, which has already happened a couple times this offseason with Jalen Hurts uh, and, and Justin Herbert. Bengals have a certain contract structure. They've not done a lot of future guarantees. So how do you work through that? Is it you know higher cash flow year over year? You know what can what sort of a solution can they come up with? Again, a lot of reasons to believe with a mutual goal that they'll find a way to get done before the regular season. But as of now, nothing done yet. All right, and last one. I've got Justin Jefferson joining in about a half an hour. How come we don't hear about a long term contract for him? He's three years in. What's going on there? What do you have for me? He's got. Yeah, I mean, he's three years in, but if you look back historically at the Vikings' first-round picks, they've all gotten paid after year four. Okay. Now, Jefferson might be the best receiver in the game, is one of the best players at any position in the game. So I, I would anticipate that, and I certainly believe that uh, Kwesi Adolfo mentioned the Vikings would like to get a deal done sooner and late, than later just because that receiver market keeps going up. But it's got to be a deal that makes sense for Justin Jefferson as well. So from everything I understand, nothing is really advanced on that front yet. Certainly could be a conversation uh, as we move toward the season and even into the season. Um, but definitely nothing, nothing imminent on the Justin Jefferson front yet. All right, brother. Thanks again. Greatly appreciate your information. And uh, I look forward to doing it on a weekly basis during the NFL season. Every Friday, by the way, Tom Pelissero on this program. I look forward to it. Thank you. Can't wait. You bet. It, right? That's it. Very Bart Scott way Can't of wait. Tom departing right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Later, Tommy. Lots to chew on. Mm. When we come back, a segment you guys are going to adore. Oh. You're going to love it. Somebody's imitating me on the internet. Oh. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. This guy over there, Rockman, with his Red Sox cap over there. Do you have the David Price sound that where he was bitching about David Price after the Yankees beat him up in, what was that, game two? Play it. Go for it for Bill Burr. I want him to quit. I want him to retire on the spot. <laughs> yeah, he's not going to do I that. didn't go that That's hard. what I want. <laughs> he was terrible. Part of you... So furious at David Price. I'm so furious. But you were you were kind of feeling good though. Like you're getting it off your chest. Like you could It was have been, therapeutic. See but what like, I'm saying? 
That's what. What's with? Is there something about name another New- sports fan that that sees their guy? I don't know. Just like I, I'm, I, maybe I'm just a much more sunny disposition type guy. Were you screaming oh, at Harbaugh? This is about him. <laughs> this is about how great he is. Oh, I, now I see where this is going. I was confused. No. You know, Rich. I, I, no. I okay. You spoon fed it to me. I want to tell you something, Rich. Out yeah, of all the sports shows I go on, I think yeah. you are the the nicest, most even keel, <laughs> pleasant, respectful to other fan base. No, I just think it goes back to like the tea party you know it goes all the way back to like you, you, like you don't feel represented you feel like you're taxed you feel like a tax do you feel sports it? do you feel the jealousy you haven't, you 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 haven't been represented in the sports it, universe I, it's always no. great, like it's always great when i board. when i have another teammate come into studio because i'm teamed up against two on one with the new york don't you hate any time like there's a big boston uh game what they show, they always show like lighthouses, lobster fishermen, and Paul Revere. Like, oh yeah, that's Massachusetts. I didn't see, I never saw any of that. You know, who goes to a tourist attraction in your own city? Exactly. You only do it when relatives come to town. Oh, like, do you want to? I want to go to the USS Constitution. Oh, do you? Here's where Cheers is. Stand in line down there. Well, have a great time. I'm gonna go to a dive bar. Where do you want to go next? You want to go to Cheers? Yeah. Just to let you know, it doesn't look like that when you go inside. Side. So just take a picture outside. I love Bill Burr, man. All of his appearances on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. We are all about comics and comedy here on this show. Back here on the uh, Rich Eisen Show, everybody. Um, this came across my Instagram feed because I got uh, tagged on this video. Okay. This video is from a comedian named Pat Monahan. Okay. Apparently, Pat received a bunch of requests from his followers because he does some imitations, I guess. All right. To imitate me on this program. (laughs) And I must say, I don't believe this is flattering. Uh Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. But I see the joke. I get it. Here it is. Rich Eisen here on the Rich Eisen Show. Welcome. Thanks for joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show at 11.59 as we move into our third hour coming to you live in studio on the Rich Eisen Roku channel. Or if you're listening on YouTube or any of our terrestrial radio outlets or any of the podcast providers and applications, as is your audible right, we welcome you here to the Rich Eisen Show as well. I'm Rich Eisen, as I've always been bringing you coverage all morning of the big trade of Steph Curry to the New York Rangers as he moves over to hockey and the East Coast. Updates on that as we hear here on the Rich Eisen Show. As it becomes 12 o'clock noon here live in studio on the Rich Eisen Roku channel. I'm going to take a moment right now, if I could and I can, which I will right now, to welcome our third hour guest, also historically the first ever live in studio guest here on the Rich Eisen Show. It's Vince Gilligan, (laughs) as we're thrilled to have him back. As we are now one minute into the day's second half here on the Rich Eisen Show, creator of AMC's Breaking Bad, the best television show I've ever seen, ever created, or or conceived of, or shot on film or digital for my money. And of course, the continuation of the story of Crooked Lawman, Jimmy McGill, a.k.a. Saul Goodman, a.k.a. Gene Takovic, here on the Rich Eisen Show. <laughs> Spinoff Better Call Saul recently ended its six-year run to critical acclaim. And of course, a lot of burning questions here from everyone live in the studio today at the Rich Eisen Show. As time today becomes 12-12 Pacific Standard Time, make a wish, 3-12 Eastern. Here live in studio on the Rich Eisen Show, it's Vince Gilligan joining us. And I just got to ask, you know, how did you, how did you, how did you come up with the idea of writing, you know, of Walter White? <laughs> I can't breathe. I can't I love another make a wish. 
Hold on. I plead the fifth. So now then. Fantastic. I'm sorry. Am man. I that self-promotional? Okay. Don't answer that. You know what my philosophy has always been. What has what when we started this show as a podcast back in the day, Chris? What what has been my mantra? And I know you will say it because you know it. Go ahead. The Jets are in the Super Bowl. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go go ahead. If not us, who? If not now, when? Right. So it's if it's not me, then who? And if it's not now, then when? On the Rich Eisen show. Hour number one coming to a close. 954 Pacific. <laughs> People don't realize what you're saying because of the radio and TV, that you have to do that. Like that, he's making fun of the fact that you're saying th- the, that you that don't I'm, have to do it as much. Well, oh. well mentioning our partner of yeah, the Roku you channel. Want to do all that. And mentioning that. at the top of every hour how you can see us. Yeah. But people are already watching us there. No, I know that, but there's a radio audience that's yes. listening that I'd like to let them know. And also those who are watching us on the Roku channel on the Rich Eisen show at the end of hour number one, getting ready for hour number two's guest, Justin Jefferson. We just spoke to Tom Pelissero of NFL Network, which I'm also on. It's 9.55. Right here on the Rich Eisen show. <laughs> Well done. No, I get it. I get it. I see it. Pat, I see it. I see you. I get it. We have him on. (laughs) That look, I don't know what that look is, though. That's the look I don't get. That's a little out of bounds. Okay, that's where we got to put. Now I got to turn my back. Oh, you know, I got to turn my back on. Come up with Walter White. That was. No, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that look is. I don't give those looks. No. No, but but I do understand how I parse things out hour by hour, what, who we're on, what are, because if you're watching us, I'd like to know, let them know, you know, that you can listen to us when you leave us in one spot, you can find us in another spot. And then you can listen to us whenever you want in another spot. You can see us whenever you want on another spot. It's my job to do that. I think, they, I, think I think they know. I think they know. Not, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> Again, folks don't sometimes get it. I've got to give it to him. A perfect example as well. You know, Entertainment Weekly just posted the Christopher Nolan reel that we put out about him saying his favorite remote drop movie is Talladega Nights. When he was on in advance of Tenet, which I think was what, three years ago during the pandemic? I don't know. I'm still confused by that. And in that, and then, but the, the article said it. He said it on this show as a promotion on a tour for Oppenheimer, which is not true. So people see things, they assume, but they don't really know. So again, the Rich Eisen Show on the Roku channel every day. <laughs> Terrestrial radio, smart enough to have us. The station, Sirius XM Odyssey, YouTube on the Rich Eisen Show. <laughs> but I don't look like that. You can go home now. <laughs> 